What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, world? Welcome and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is R.J. Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Mightier as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you are enjoying basketball games being on all of the time. I'm not the first. I'm not the 5,000th person to say that it feels a lot like March Madness, which is a very strange thing to feel in the middle of August, but alas, here we are. Uh, really, our main item of discussion for today, uh, remember that we do give you two episodes every single day here on the Blog and the Voice podcast feed. You get this show every morning, uh, depending on uh, when you listen, of course, uh, for your latest headlines, kind of latest news going on in the world of the Cowboys. And then later on in the day, you get a meteor show, a little bit more uh, in-depth analysis on different things. Later on today, you will have a brand new episode of the 750 with my Myself and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas. And Tony and I will obviously talk about this because he is an Oklahoma Sooner, a College Football Hall of Fame Oklahoma Sooner, mind you, and a very prominent Oklahoma Sooner signed with the Dallas Cowboys this offseason in Gerald McCoy. And on Monday, unfortunately, devastating news, Gerald McCoy lost for the season for the Dallas Cowboys a ruptured right quad tendon in Monday's practice. And Monday's practice marked the first padded practice of the season for the Dallas Cowboys, which is always a momentous occasion. Anytime you put the pads on for the first time, uh, I hate to be all super cliche, but you know, juices are flowing, excitement's in the air, and that seemed like it was the case. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, Gerald McCoy was a, a casualty of that. And uh, you look at it, you know, we, we've talked so much about how the Cowboys have one of the best, if not the best, draft class across the entire NFL this season. We all know that. We all agree with that. We've discussed it at great length. Um, while some teams and other years have had maybe flashier or sexier free agent uh, classes, if you want to call it that. Um, the Dallas Cowboys had a really productive, a really efficient free agent class, which uh, kind of meshes with everything we've seen from Mike McCarthy to this point, now that we've gotten to learn more about him as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Uh, a lot of people excited about a lot of different free agents. Take one, pick one. I mean, HaHa Clinton Dix has a lot of people excited. Um, Don Terry Poe has a lot of people excited. And obviously, as of late, Everson Griffin has a lot of people excited. But Gerald McCoy, kind of was the uh, the headliner for that group. In fact, Gerald McCoy was the first free agent that the Dallas Cowboys signed in the Mike McCarthy era, outside free agent that is, and uh, unfortunately he will not be playing for them this season. Stephen Jones spoke with the media later on on Monday and he was asked if uh, this is something that maybe Gerald McCoy is a candidate for, uh, you know, return from injured reserve and he said that he really didn't think that was the case that this is, uh, is season ending. Now, 
Gerald McCoy did sign a three-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys when he joined the team this offseason, and this really uh, was just an accident. I mean, you look at Gerald McCoy. I tweeted this out. Here are how many games he has played every season since entering the NFL. In 2010, 13. 2011, uh, the obvious outlier here, played six games. Since then, this is from 2012 through 2019, 16 games, 16 games, 13 games, 15 games, 15 games, 15 games, 14 games, and last season he played all 16 games for the Carolina Panthers, his lone season away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, a relatively, relatively is honestly not even, you know, a strong enough word, a generally always healthy player, Gerald McCoy. That's why this is so unfortunate. And uh, while we all were very excited about who Gerald McCoy was going to be as a player for the Dallas Cowboys, I think we all were equally excited to see who he was going to be as a leader. Uh, Gerald McCoy, I know I've made this connection. Um, he was on, I think, with Marty Smith uh, at this point. It's, it's been some some time, but I think it was Marty Smith from ESPN. He was on a podcast uh, a few months ago, and he talked about how he met Mike McCoy. Or Mike McCoy, goodness, he met Mike McCarthy. Um, shout out to Mike McCoy, though. Uh, met Mike McCarthy at the Pro Bowl. Uh, Mike McCarthy did mention, by the way, um, you know, just unfortunately, the last question that Mike McCarthy was asked in Monday's press conference before he left, before he would go to the practice where McCoy would be injured, was actually about Gerald McCoy. And Mike McCarthy said that they'd met at too many Pro Bowls, uh, obviously noting that when you're at the Pro Bowl, you're not in the Super Bowl. And so back on Marty Smith's podcast at that point, Joe McCoy talked about how, you know, he kind of talked about that, kind of made references to Charles Woodson. And that was what I saw. I thought Joe McCoy was kind of what, or could have been to Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys, what Charles Woodson was to Mike McCarthy's Green Bay Packers, kind of this veteran awesome player who had been there, done that on a team that hadn't quite gotten it done with the Raiders and then ultimately served as an important piece of, uh, of the Green Bay Packers team that won the Super Bowl in 2010. In fact, uh, on Kyle Brandt's podcast recently, Aaron Rodgers named Charles Woodson as one of the greatest players he's ever played with. And so I thought that was the kind of impact that Joe McCoy could have. Um, and, and I do think it's worth noting that he could still have a leadership impact. I mean, uh, I think a, a great example, a great recent example is the way Travis Frederick was around the Cowboys two years ago. Obviously didn't play a snap for them, uh, but uh, but was still around, was still a leader, was still a teacher, was still an instructor. Gerald McCoy did release a statement, ESPN's Edward the first with this. Uh, we wrote about this for you at blogontheboys.com if you want to read it for yourself, but here is his statement. Just want the fans to know, I truly appreciate the warm welcome, and I'm sorry this happened. The Jones family opened their doors to an old vet to have an opportunity to come and help this team win, and I was beyond excited to be a Cowboy. I was really looking forward to this amazing opportunity we have in front of us. I will remain the mentor I am to the young guys and do my part to make sure that this team goes where it needs to. As far as my mindset, people deal with real-life problems everybody day, especially now with the state of our country. There is a lot of pain and heartache taking place right now that all of of our attention needs to go towards whether it is the pandemic or our fight for social justice. In retrospect, what I'm dealing with is minimal compared to that. Therefore, this is light work for me. Anybody who knows me knows I love a challenge. Challenge accepted. I will be back better. Let's get it. Um, obviously, Gerald McCoy has uh, spoken his mind on all sorts of different matters and different ideas hovering around our world and around our country. And so it is really nice, really great to hear from him that he plans on mentoring the younger Cowboys players 
players. Uh, and there are a few. There are definitely a handful of defensive tackles, defensive linemen on the Cowboys that are going to need that point of veteran leadership. Um, I mean, and, and that kind of goes to the point of who's going to replace Joe McCoy. And you think about it, uh, you know, our friend Dave Hellman uh, made this point on Twitter on Monday. While you never want to see any player go down with injury, uh, it is unfortunate, it is not great, it is terrible in just about every single way, the Cowboys are kind of prepared for this at defensive tackle. And maybe they're not prepared in a way that has you feeling swell or has you not losing any sleep at night. But you think about the options the Cowboys have. They obviously have Don Terry Poe, McCoy's teammate in Carolina last year. They have Tyrone Crawford if they want to kick inside. Tyrone Crawford also met with the media on Monday and noted that he is prepared to play anywhere across the defensive line. Some people have thrown out Alden Smith uh, as kicking inside given his size. I don't know about that one necessarily. But then you talk about, you know, the young guys you've got second year man Tristan Hill who I know a lot of people um, don't necessarily feel great about and a lot of people thought was going to get cut when I tweeted uh, that Everson Griffin was going to have a hard time getting number 97 because Tristan Hill wore it there were so many people who said that he would get it as soon as Tristan Hill was cut but that will not be the case but you've also got rookie third round draft pick Neville Gallimore Tyrone Crawford called him an animal when he spoke uh, on Monday and so there is depth Uh, there are bodies there are a lot of people there are a lot of options and so while again it it is never an ideal thing and Gerald McCoy's loss is a huge one for the Cowboys defense Mike McCarthy has said many times that you know they've built their roster to be prepared for different things because it's a long season you know when he's talked about um, you know the different variations of defensive linemen he's talked about how the most important thing is having defensive linemen because it's a long season it's a long battle it's a battle of attrition as many people say all the time and that battle has begun for the 2020 Dallas Cowboys but what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is Scott Galloway host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, speaking of the defensive line, speaking of things Mike McCarthy has said, this happened before the Gerald McCoy injury on Monday. And so there was a point of optimism surrounding this, um, there have been many talks about the Cowboys moving to more 3-4 fronts. Uh, Chidabe Awuze confirmed that when he met with the media on Sunday. Um, that has been anticipated. I think a lot of people have, have kind of uh, started to imagine what Mike Nolan's 3-4 Dallas Cowboys defense could look like. Uh, not that they'd be 3-4 entirely, but at least 3-4 in, uh, in different moments and different perspectives. But uh, that would obviously mean that Demarcus Lawrence would pick his hand up off the ground and would stand up and be more of an outside linebacker. And that is an interesting thing. Uh, I know that Back uh, a few months ago, really a lot of months ago, on ESPN San Antonio, we had Will McClay on uh, the Blitz, and we asked him uh, what he thought about Demarcus Lawrence potentially playing as an outside linebacker, and he said that he believes he's talented enough to do anything. Mike McCarthy was asked about this specifically on Monday, and he had an answer that really was exciting. Um, we wrote about this as well. We write about everything at bloggingtheboys.com, so if you're looking, once again, for the latest and greatest coverage in the world of America's team, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content is the home for you. But here's what Mike McCarthy had to say about Demarcus Lawrence uh, picking his hand up on Monday. 
I've had a chance to watch just a couple of guys in my career go through that transition, and the one that I think of right off the bat is Julius Peppers. When you're primarily playing at a four-man front, and really, Julius was in the same defense. He played for Rod there in Chicago, talking about Rod Marinelli, obviously. When he came up to Green Bay, the opportunity to particularly play in a two-point stance on first and second down, especially some of what D-Law's experience and his instinct and awareness at the line of scrimmage, it'll give him more vision to the tendencies and the mannerisms of the offense. I think he's going to really like it, but still at the end of the day, if it's best suited for him to put his hand on the ground and in a pass rush situation, then that's what we'll do. I know just watching Julius go through it, he liked it. He enjoyed it because it gave him a chance to really tap into his years of experience playing with more vision, and it was primarily more in the first and second down because when it came down to the hit it and get in the pass rush, he would go to a three-point stance. But we'll work through that with D-Law, and I think he'll really benefit from this. Um, That is really exciting. That is really exciting, and um, I I continue to say and continue to believe that Mike McCarthy is very thoughtful, uh, and it seems like he has taken a long time to put together this plan for the Dallas Cowboys, and he's keeping it really kind of under wraps. Uh, I thought, you know, a really interesting answer that McCarthy gave on Monday, he was asked about Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. By the way, Zeke met with the media as well on Monday. I say this all the time, but if you want to watch or listen to any of the players and their media sessions, those are available on the Dallas Cowboys social channels. You can go to their YouTube channel. You can go to DallasCowboys.com. You can watch and listen to the answers and the questions that are posed to these players. And so uh, you can go check out what Zeke had to say. But he was asked uh, for his impressions of Tony Pollard, obviously entering his second year. There is a a wide-ranging school of thought that Tony Pollard uh, could be utilized to a great degree. And so uh, Zeke Elliott noted that, you know, there will probably be more times where they're both in on the field. And uh, while the idea of that um, does involve taking a wide receiver off the field, which a lot of people feel is a cardinal sin, the reality is that Tony Pollard is very talented as well. And so if the Cowboys are able to do things, and I think it's very much worth mentioning that Mike McCarthy has said at multiple times since becoming the Dallas Cowboys head coach, that the coach and team who he really liked watching last year was Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. And what did Kyle Shanahan do a lot last Last year, he used basically every running back in the Bay Area. If you've ever carried the ball in the Bay Area, Kyle Shanahan found a way to use you last year. And we know that that is something that Mike McCarthy is a fan of. Mike McCarthy has two running backs in Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard that can do a multitude of different things. They can provide a variety of different looks, of different uh, anticipations, and those are all very good things. I think when you combine that with what Blake Jarwin has said recently, referencing the cowboy back position, we talked about that and how we discussed it with Ben McIndoe, the uh, position coach that Blake had at Oklahoma State you combine that with Blake Bell the bell dozer and everything the Cowboys have a number of guys who are athletic who have varied skill sets obviously some of them are much better at some than others namely Zeke Elliott uh, but there is uh, flexibility there we know that the Cowboys love position flex so when you marry that idea with a creative offensive mind like Kellen Moore like Mike McCarthy the the results could be very interesting and so I think um, you know I, I did a hit on ESPN San Antonio on Monday and I was asked if I was more excited for the Cowboys offense and Cowboys defense and I said this about the defense but I, I do feel it about the offense let me be clear I'm more excited about the offense in general because the offense has CeeDee Lamb on it however I feel more hopeful about the Cowboys defense than I have in a long 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 time and within that I feel very hopeful for the Cowboys offense that it will be creative these these are training camp tropes oh they're trying all sorts of things they're doing weird stuff and packages and all sorts of stuff it is normally and generally a bunch of fluff but here in 2020, it does seem very real. And that is a very exciting thing. Uh, we will have a brand.
brand new episode of the 750 available for you later on today. Myself and Tony Casillas, we will obviously uh, touch on Joe McCoy and uh, everything else going on in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I am at RGOHO on both. By the way, Dak Prescott's YouTube video with Dude Perfect did uh, did drop on Monday, so you can go check that out for yourself as well. I did tweet that if you want to watch his particular clip. Hey, uh, do me a favor. Have the absolute best Tuesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends, as always. Oh, you know what? I'm actually going to, you know, psych you out right there because I thought of something. Yeah, that's right. The old rope-a-dope. One last thing. Um, man, look at that. Fourth quarter clutch point. Uh, we've talked about Mike McCarthy uh, and how he has adjusted different things and wanted different things himself. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to NFL Network because it's on in the background. And that's what reminded me in this moment. We know that Mike McCarthy has the Cowboys quarterbacks wearing red jerseys. We've talked about that a lot. We also found out that Mike McCarthy has all of the Cowboys players wearing their names, their last names on the back of their practice jerseys. That is a new development. Interestingly enough, I find this fascinating. On Monday, we found out that the New York Giants are not wearing names on the back of their practice jerseys. Now, I realize, I recognize, I fully admit and, you know, obviously know that Jason Garrett is only the New York Giants offensive coordinator. Joe Judge is the head coach there. But I find it just awfully coincidental, awfully interesting, whatever you want to call it, that in the first year without Jason Garrett, the Dallas Cowboys suddenly have their quarterbacks wearing red practice jerseys and names on the back of all practice jerseys, and that the New York Giants suddenly in their first year with Jason Garrett involved in their franchise in any capacity, remove the names from the back of the players' jerseys when they are practicing. That is very interesting, don't you think? I mean, it's it's not hard to connect those dots. And again, I'm not trying to intimate that, you know, Jason Garrett has more of an influence um, in New York than Joe Judge does. And to be clear, Joe Judge is a Bill Belichick disciple. And I actually remember reading about this last year, and I do think it's worthwhile and cool, but it's only worthwhile and cool if you're the New England Patriots because you're the standard. Um, They had all of their skill position players wearing their non-normal jersey numbers so like sony michelle was not wearing his normal jersey number and the purpose for that was so that you know tom brady or whoever any player could learn the body movements of players and not become reliant upon jersey numbers i get that i i certainly understand and uh, can accept that logic it is fair it is sound it is true mostly if you are the New England Patriots. But if you are the New York Giants with Joe Judge, with Jason Garrett, with Freddie Kitchens on your staff, people are going to look at you and they're going to kind of wonder what the heck is going on, especially when the thing you're doing in taking names off the back of the jerseys, and they had names on them last year. Again, they took them off. They wiped them off like the, the magic marker, like, you know, wipe off. They took them off when the Dallas Cowboys added them when Jason Garrett left. I just, I have to wonder what, uh, what all that means, but I find this to be fascinating. So, uh, yeah, that's that. For real, though, um, let's sign off for real. Do me a huge, huge, huge favor. Have the absolute best Tuesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.